welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. And welcome back to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. I am Chip Patterson. That's Barton Simmons. The game week has finally arrived. Barton. Game week. Game week. It's here. This is uh, this this is as fired up as, uh, as you can possibly get. Monday afternoon, we are recording. It, we have been recording after an absolute onslaught of news. If, if you're chasing the quick headlines, there's plenty of them up on CBSSports.com, and they're talking about it on CBS Sports HQ. Uh, depth charts were released this week, Barton. It feels real. I love depth chart. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm such a personnel geek that like depth chart week is is that's my jam, man. So I, that was it was yeah, it's fun to analyze these depth charts, figure out who's third her third string left tackle and all that nonsense. But um, but yeah, like this is coaches are showing their hands. They're announcing starters. I mean, if if Jim Harbaugh is announcing a quarterback starter. Then what excuse do you have, coach, of <laughs> wherever the hell you're coming from? Like, the, everybody's got to put their cards on the table if Harbaugh's announced his starter like a week in advance. So, this is fun. Uh, we got to, this is, we're recording right now, Monday afternoon. We'll get into all the news. I think probably fair to like give people a heads up. Like, we're hoping to bring Monday morning recap pods. For the for the season, nothing to recap, so no rush on this Monday morning. Uh, and then you know we'll have the locks pod Thursday, and then a couple other pods during the week. But uh, this is this is our last week where we don't have something to discuss from the weekend, and we, it's all preview. So uh, should be fun. Oh, let's. Uh, oh yes, and we also we're going to have Danny Cannell joining us later this week. Uh, we're going to be we've got the locks podcast. A lot of good things that we're excited about. Um, but we we do have some things to react to. Can you give me uh, three two sentence or less takeaways from what we saw in Hawaii, Colorado State, and let's say Wyoming, New Mexico State? Oh, oh yeah, I forgot. Like almost, we, <laughs> we do, do have, have something to react to. Yeah, there, there were games. Yeah. Uh, that so my takeaways from the week. Yeah, I have three. I'll give you three. One is, and look, I'm not going to start counting my winnings on my Wyoming over bet yet. Uh, but New that's Mexico one. State was, I mean, but we got one under. We got we got a notch. We got a notch on our belt. Uh, we got a scalp on the wall. But I, I was very encouraged by Wyoming's defensive front seven, like we our, our front really really defensive line, like, and not that that was a surprise, but. Um, the you know 91 93 96 those three guys are are good yes. and 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 91 the the Carl Granderson kid is is NFL good and shoot I don't know the others might be NFL good too cuz I I never heard of them but but they were Paul and so that's going to be like the Mountain West going to be fun um that's a good team I think uh, Washington State next week man watch out that's that's a that's a like that game- I'm sure I'm sure Wyoming didn't show all their cards. Oh and, no! You know that's that's a that's a defensive line that could give Washington State some problems. I'm I'm very interested in that game. Um, so that's one. Two is I wish 
I had thought to like I saw I think Clay Travis tweet out that he was on um, Colorado State minus seventeen against Hawaii, and you know I can't claim this because I didn't say anything publicly, but in my head I was like, uh, I don't know <laughs> if that's the right call there, Clay, because like I think Colorado State like they that's this might be a little bit of a step back year yeah. for uh, for Mike Bobo. And as good as Preston Williams looked at times, as good as Austin Carter or uh, KJ Carter Samuels looked at times, that defense wasn't stopping anybody. Um, so I'm I'm a little worried about Colorado State, and I'm and I'm and I and I'm eyeing that Colorado Colorado State line for week for week one this weekend. And then last last one, and I don't know if you like. I'll let. Uh, sorry if I'm bogarting it here. The last one is how about Rice? Like running the Stanford stuff, <laughs> it, <laughs> like like Rice is. I feel like we're used to seeing Rice as sort of this the, the basketball and grass stuff, and Rice is out there running like Smash Mouth, you know, twenty three personnel like um, tight end motion stuff, and it was that's sort of now gotten to be where that's since that's not the common stuff like that's, that's the, the stuff zag that's fun to watch you know yeah, it's sort yeah. of like oh what's this this is cool uh, so I, I i got a little taste of all of them i enjoyed uh number one and the thing that has me the most excited is that the run and shoots back at hawaii uh, yeah cole mcdonald with three touchdowns through the air 400 yards passing two touchdowns and 96 yards on the ground i i agree with you colorado state's defense might be a problem but um, the the switch back and really just sort of going all in uh, on the on the, the style that June Jones brought so much success to, to Hawaii to over about the course of a decade that made me very very excited. Um, number two takeaway, uh, I got to give credit to our our boy Tom Fernelli who will be joining us on the Locks podcast. He had the comment that the Wyoming offense he loved he, he loves Craig Bowles offenses. Because he feels like Craig Bowl just has a Tecmo Bowl five play offense with right, perfect yeah. execution. That <laughs> everything they run is just executed to perfection. It's not that complicated, but you're not going to be able to stop it. Um, and then number three, uh, let's see. Yeah, Colorado State might be really bad. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, again, like that's not a like you got to be good in that in that in that league. Like you got to be good. You can't if you can't get by. You can't skate by. This isn't the Sun Belt where you can skate by and be in not not terrible and and go eight and four. Um, you got to be got to be pretty dang good to to put together a decent record in that league. So um, Mike Bobo may have missed, missed his window to get out of out of uh, Colorado State uh, this past cycle because I feel like you got it's going to be this year and then a couple more build up years to get back to kind of what they did last year. Yeah, I agree. Also, yeah, the the, the students, not, I mean, it's just, I don't know, man. Colorado State has played on the week zero, I think maybe three out of the last four years or something like that. Maybe let's, let's, let's sit one out. hey coach watch for yeah watch for a weekend (laughs) all right let's get into the uh the news of the weekend news of the day uh i want to let's start with kelly bryant being named the starting quarterback at clemson how uh and you have championed trevor lawrence does this change at all uh your expectations the fact that kb being the first quarterback out there 
um, that has been made official. Is Does that change at all how much you think we'll see Trevor Lawrence? No, this is in line with my expectations. So I want to make it clear what my expectations are for Clemson. Kelly Bryant is the starter and will be the starter as long as they don't need Trevor Lawrence. At some point, they will need Trevor Lawrence because Kelly Bryant is not good enough to win every single game on the schedule. He doesn't add enough of a throw element to their offense. He doesn't threaten great defenses. So at some point, they have, they'll have to make a switch to win the football game. And at that point, when they make the switch to win the football game and Trevor Lawrence gets in, it will be his job moving forward. And I think that point might not come until at Florida State, mm. October 27th. Yeah. But I think there is a chance that that point comes September 8th at Texas A&M. Like if Texas A&M is, is good, I mean, Kyle Field's a tough place to play and, and they get bogged down in an in a offense that has no vertical threats. I mean, you know A&M is going gonna, is gonna to make them play left-handed. And if that happens, then I, I mean, look, Trevor Lawrence, that's, they're going to need him. To, if they want to win a national championship – Oh, let me put it this way. I just don't see Clemson winning a national championship with Kelly Bryant at quarterback. There's mm. too many other good teams in college football that can that can force that that can squeeze squeeze a loss out of them. I think they need Trevor Lawrence to be the guy for them to win a national title. And I think at some point in the season, he takes over when they have to go to him. Oh, so do you? But that that is still built within the idea that this is a one or the other, right? Like because. I I am opening up to the idea that we are going to see at Clemson and that we are going to see at Notre Dame and that we might see to some extent even at Georgia and that we are definitely going to see at Alabama some just straight up two quarterback systems. Whether it yeah. is rotating in and out, whether it is situational, I just I I think that we will see Kelly Bryant being you Kelly Bryant at some point will be used in certain situations where they would prefer not to have Trevor Lawrence. Then Trevor Lawrence is going to come in and he's going to take the top off the defense and it's going to create some, some issues, especially when Kelly Bryant does all of a sudden get a wide open shot down the field or when Trevor Lawrence, because they're sitting too far back is able to eat a defense up underneath. I think I, I've, I have um, gravitated towards there being a lot of two quarterback systems in college football this year relative to what we're used to. So yeah, I do think that like, I think, and I think that even this could always be a two quarterback system, even after Trevor Lawrence wins the job. That's what I'm saying. Joe, I don't think Kelly Bryant's still, going yeah. away. Yeah. But I, like Dabo Sweeney is the same guy that started Cole Stout over Deshaun Watson and Kelly Bryant is better than Cole Stout. Right. Probably. No, uh, I, you know, Hey, 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 Kelly Bryant. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, give... I'm trying to think about if I'm misremembering Cole Stout because that guy played like four years, right? Yeah. Or three. He but... was between Taj Boyd and Deshaun Watson, and he had a couple of great games, and he, you know, he was the quarterback of uh, Clemson teams that were w- getting double-digit wins and just finishing behind the Jameis teams. I think it's a little like I, – I, I have a hard time figuring out what Kelly, whether Kelly Bryant is – I can't decide if I'm overestimating or underestimating Kelly Bryant. Like, is he 
he might very well be terrible. <laughs> I don't, think, might, I he, don't and, think that's the case. Do you know what I mean, though? Like, it, like he just he is athletic at the least, and but and I think he is capable at the least because he's he's shown it. Like he can operate within the system. He can hit the, the throws he's supposed to hit, but he's not good down the field. And I like I wonder what Kelly Bryant would look like if he were I don't know at Florida last year. Would he be Felipe Franks? I mean, not that I mean they're different style players, but would he would he be that type of guy that people like? Would that be the perception of him? Like I just I I just think because of the way they because of how good of a job they do in preparing them and and uh, and giving them a chance to be successful. I'm not trying to say he is bad. I'm just trying to say like I think it's a he's a weird quarterback that it's hard to really put a a stamp on, like put a, a, a label on. Like I just think he's a little bit in, in no man's land. I will go back to the ACC championship game against Miami, and I will say that that is what I will hold up as an example of Kelly Bryant being – uh, a good quarterback against quality competition because he definitely did rack up some some big stats and you know when he throws a, a five yard pass that gets broken for a, a 60 yard touchdown you know all of a sudden you think things will get thrown off a little bit but I thought that against a very good Miami defense that was well prepared for Clemson I thought that that was his best game of the season and, you know, the very next game, he got swallowed alive by Alabama. So it is easy for us to think about Kelly Bryant right. as the player that got swallowed alive by Alabama. That's, the, will, that's the last, that's our last, the last taste in, the, in our mouth. Right. I, I think the game before that was one of his best of the season. And if you take that and think about that as Kelly Bryant's ceiling, somebody who can lead a 30-point win against, I mean, granted, that Miami offense was being held together by all of the medical tape uh, in South Florida. But like that that was still a very good Miami defense, and I thought Kelly Bryant did a good job against them. They weren't it, getting anything from their running back or their rushing game, and he was able to lead them to success. Here's what Kelly Bryant is, and then we'll move on to the next quarterback. But I think what he is is a quarterback that can lean on you and, and complement a, a suffocating defense, and he can just get better as the game goes on. If you give him a lot of chances, he's going to beat you. And he's gonna get some yards on the ground. Like he's, he can he can just wear you down at quarterback. And he can take, he can if, if you give him too many opportunities, he will beat you. But if you got to go, blow for blow, strike for strike, Kelly Bryant's gonna have a hard time being that guy. I think, and I, that's who, who Trevor Lawrence can be. Can be, can be right. And it does help for both of them having that defense. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Um, all right, JT Daniels, starting quarterback at USC. Uh, Ryan Abraham tipped his hand during our Around the World. If you haven't gotten a chance to listen to that, we had uh, a great time chatting with five of 24-7 Sports' finest voices. Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com mentioned that he would be the first freshman quarterback since Matt Barkley. And is it only two, Barkley and Daniels, maybe, to start uh, as a freshman for the season opener, but he's he's the best quarterback of all time, as we've decided. Uh, <laughs> JT Daniels, QB one, no no surprise here. How how does the announcement ch- does it change at all? Sort of the way you're you're looking at the Trojans, and we're gonna have our expert picks coming up. 
And so I'm expecting right. – we, we we should have teased that earlier, I guess. Like we're going to come with all of our playoff national champion Heisman, all those stuff. So, right? Is JT Daniels also your Heisman Trophy winner? Of course, <laughs> of course. No, he's, he's not. We've um, had redshirt freshmen win the Heisman Trophy. You know who's breaking down the next barrier? True freshman right. JT that's Daniels. Right. So i I don't want to get I don't want to get too much into my JT Daniels analysis because it'll it'll spoil. Um, some of my predictions later in the show foreshadowing there uh but this is not this is like the least surprise as as crazy as it sounds the kid that skipped his senior year in high school is the least surprising true freshman starter um in the country cycle yeah and i i always have to add the caveat like let's let it let's make sure that we are contextualizing this correctly he missed his senior year in high school, yes. He had to speed up things academically, uh, but he's like 19 years old. He, he was held back earlier in his process, um, and so let's not – this isn't like a 16-year-old. Are you going to redshirt your kids? Uh, I've got daughters, so I think it's less – Oh, I'm talking uh, about just the great. You know the like, – no, I know. Do, do kindergarten I know, twice? Like, I, if I had sons, I would redshirt them. Mm. I, but with daughters, I think it's more about uh, just plus my, my daughters are psychos and I can't imagine like one additional year of them in the house. <laughs> so so. We're, we're just racing to the finish line. <laughs> yeah, like I'm already like counting down to what I have like 16 years left. All right. Um, but no, I, uh, I think I, I think JT Daniels is as prepared for this as really. But I, don't, I don't know about Maybe any true freshman quarterback that he's seen in a while. I definitely I mean, threw out. Yeah, I definitely threw out the the reclassification as a point of emphasis. Once you informed me that he was already old for his grade, you know, like right. I'm kind of like, all right. Well, in terms of how many times he's been on this rock around the sun, then he's right. like he is, but so many years old now. He there was a really good profile of him. I believe it might have been in the athletic sort of introduced him to what what I read as a, a real introspective guy a little there's bit been of a, a, there's been a bunch of like that's been a hot you know like everybody all the all the feature writers like have taken their swings at the JT Daniels profile this offseason and maybe maybe on a show that's way too inside media we can power rank the JT Daniels <laughs> right. profiles but yes. anyway this seems yeah. like an interesting guy and a guy that I'm fascinated to to see how he plays out because you know as Ryan Abraham mentioned this is we've got to be looking at this as part of a bigger picture where JT Daniels at some point in his career is probably going to be expected to deliver national title contention. I would say from the outside, that is definitely not what the expectation is going into 2018. I agree. I agree. I'm going to leave it at that. Oh yeah. Got, Cause we don't want to spoil more, the tank. We have more thoughts on USC. Uh, I was a little bit surprised. We had Deandre Francois named the starting quarterback at Florida state. That is how things had been trending for the last week or so. Uh, I had heard that in practices, Francois was a little bit more accurate, but Blackman still was impressive because of his confidence and his charisma. Um, the, there's oh here what's your what's your thought here because I've got another Francois note that I think is important for Florida State as a whole. Uh, I don't know. I think I mean obviously the more this played out, um, the more it it seemed like this was the way it was trending. I, 
I think in hindsight, now that the decision is in, like it, it, it makes a world of sense. Like it's, it would have, I feel like Blackman would have had to be clearly the better to make this move. I mean, think about last year. It's really like their collapse was kind of all about Francois being injured. And now, I mean, like he, like that's the guy that they had, there was huge expectations for. It was a potential two and done guy. Uh, as a redshirt sophomore, and and then he got hurt, and uh, things got thrown up in the air, and the season collapsed, and um, now he comes back, and you know what? There's there's spacing. He's a, I guess, a redshirt junior now, and there's spacing between him and James Blackman, and hey, maybe they can even snag another redshirt year for James Blackman. Um, but it he is a neither of them are like significantly more athletic than the other. Francois is probably more durable than James Blackman. And Francois has taken some, some licks in his in his two years as a, as Dude. a quarterback. Yeah, or what one in a one in a game. One in, one in a game. But that previous year, Florida State's offensive line couldn't block anybody, and he was just getting crushed. Yeah. So I mean, this dude's like, I think, like let's let's not forget how how bullish we were as a football community on DeAndre, DeAndre Francois coming into last season. Um, so I think this makes plenty of sense. Uh, Florida State was the number three team in the country going into last year. Yeah, man. Florida State, not Clemson, was picked to win the ACC. And in yep. DeAndre Francois was 100% a very, very big part of that. And before he got knocked out of that Alabama game, I mean, I remember there was, a, there was one drive, maybe even two, where he started picking on the Alabama cornerbacks. Like they were starting to get some one-on-one coverage, and he was making a couple throws that kind of had you heated up to think it was going to be a good game. Then he got crushed, and Florida State couldn't move the ball. But um, I think that DeAndre Francois winning the quarterback battle is one of the best representations that of the fact that what we had heard is that Willie Taggart and his staff and Walt Bell, the offensive coordinator, they were wiping the slate clean with everybody. So all of the... Remember the tweets from DeAndre when he was hurt and remember he wasn't really with the team during some of his recovery and he and his father both were uh, a little bit, um, you know, they weren't liking the way that things were going with Jimbo Fisher and then he gets caught up in the, the marijuana sting in Tallahassee and you know what, if DeAndre Francois, if, if they really were, were wiping the slate clean and allowing everyone to just go and get it and start over, I mean, it looks like Francois getting that starting quarterback role back and, and not hearing anything uh, negative in terms of his relationship with his players or his relationship with the coaching staff. Um, they've, they have given this entire roster an opportunity to start over after what was just a, a disappointing and I would assume toxic season behind the scenes. And so, you know, if that, if that trickles out to the rest of the roster, a very talented roster, you know, maybe you're... Maybe you're starting to rethink where Florida State's going to be uh, lining up against the best teams on their schedule. Look, I. so every year we have, when the new coaches take over, and this is a bigger commentary on Florida State than, than the quarterback battle here, but every year when you have coaches take over teams, it's always like the outgoing staff is always like, man, we sure did leave things loaded for those guys. And the incoming staff, and it doesn't matter – where it is, but this is always like the incoming staff is always like, man, we got well, we got some work to do. We gotta we gotta turn over the roster. We gotta get this like you know like everyone is always like 
they want to pump up what they left and underplay what they inherited to make them look good. Right. At the buzz out of Florida State that I've heard is that Florida State's the Willie Taggart staff is excited yeah. about the, the the roster they inherited, and for a roster that just went seven and six, like it'd be easy for them to be to to say like I don't know, we got some talent, but man, it was a mess when they left here. Like that would be a very easy thing to get away with saying, but what I'm hearing that the mentality is over there is. Man, we they, they they did us a favor. Man, they left us some talent. <laughs> yes. They redshirted some of these guys. <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. like the and the and 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 hey, they got the quarterback got hurt game one. What'd you expect? You know, things fell apart. Quarterback got hurt game one. Hey, we're gonna be all right. So I just think Florida State is I, I like the closer we get to the weekend, the the more I'm thinking like, man, Florida State. Uh, who can they not beat? Why 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 can't they beat Clemson? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I and this and and I think the DeAndre Francois news doesn't if anything emboldens that because look, it's I still I have my visions of DeAndre Francois are tough guy gone through a a, a lot of beatings back there under center with some some bad offensive lines and and like my vision of him is this controlled talented really like really good quarterback my visions of james blackman are skinny young talented but long ways to go quarterback right like is it like don't you just feel safer like in the comfort in the comforting arms of deandre francois than you do of james blackman <laughs> you know what i mean like james blackman i feel like if he's the quarterback i'm like i don't oh like, oh, cool. like let's hope for the best I, agree. I, I think we got a really good shot, but and Francois just feels more secure. <laughs> I I uh, I'll, I'll agree with the premise, and I'll sway from a full commitment <laughs> to being held in the loving arms of DeAndre Francois. <laughs> um, I yeah, I I think this is good. What do you have? A, we're gonna get to locks and shoot. Well. By the time we're recapping uh, Saturday's games, we probably are going to have a full preview. But I've I have found myself in the process of going through the Francois news and preparing for today's show. Very very excited for that Monday night Florida State Virginia Tech game. Yeah, that's yes. a, that's a good one. Uh, let's go to Nebraska. Adrian Martinez, freshman quarterback. Barton, you've been talking about him. Um, he is seems like he's pretty ideal for running what Scott Frost wants, and we've already spoken at length about the talent that they have at wide receiver. Is this was this a surprise or any big takeaways for you uh, on that front? Yeah, new age, new age coach Scott Frost not being shackled by the by the tradition of playing the upperclassmen just to salvage depth chart integrity and. Uh, whatever that you know, look, all these guys all over the country. You know, Nick Saban playing the the upperclassman Jalen Hurts last year over a guy who, look, in my opinion, is better in Tua. Um, Clemson starting Kelly Bryant over a guy who, in my opinion, is better in Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, there, it's very defensible to start Tristan Jebbia and and give yourself give your true freshman some time to maybe go and and win that job or or earn that job, but. 
he's starting who's probably the right move. Like he's starting the better quarterback, depth chart be damned. And Tristan Jebbia didn't show up to practice today on Monday is according to reports and is reportedly considering transferring. Well, tally ho, buddy. Like you know what? If you're not like if, if that's if that's the price I have to pay to pay the better quarter to play the better quarterback, that's the price I'm gonna pay. Um and I just I don't know. I maybe maybe this is my blind Scott Frost affection, but I like it. I just like rolling with the better guy. And I think this Nebraska offense is better with, with Adrian Martinez. And he is he is getting a lot of really rave reviews right now from a lot of different angles. I know. There is a lot of confidence coming from Lincoln right now. Yeah. I think I don't know, man. Like I'm trying I'm like I'm I'm like I'm you're trying, trying to, to resist, like the yeah, siren yeah. song here. <laughs> like I, I like I, I'm trying I'm trying to like temper my my enthusiasm, but I I like Nebraska too. Yeah, I mean that's that's another one of those uh where the it's just as it's easy for us to jump on board, it's easy for those who are right in next to it. Everything positive is going to result in reporting that which is positive because it's going to continue to to gain attention. But as we're starting to see the you know the ebbs and flows of where the buzz is and and where there seems to be a lot of confidence, there there is surging confidence coming from the Cornhuskers camp. And by the way, they've got a third string guy who's actually from um, from Middle Tennessee originally, but he came from JUCO. Uh, who's a he's a walk on named Andrew Bunch. Who's a pretty like, he's a good player too. Like so, if Tristan Jeff like. Good in, in term, meaning serviceable. Uh, I think that he's he's he is respected as a serviceable option at quarterback. So, if Jebbia decides to transfer, um, and again, I don't. I think that that redshirt. I guess he did redshirt last year, so he burned that redshirt opportunity. But um, but I think Nebraska isn't isn't a kind of in some dire situation if they're down to just two quarterbacks. Um, speaking of redshirt uh, reports. In live real time, I'll come up with a breaking news soundbite at some point. Uh, Joe Burrow will be introduced as LSU, or it will be announced by Ed Ordron at a team meeting. Joe Burrow will be the starting quarterback. This is not a huge surprise. One note from Ross Dellinger that I thought was interesting is that uh, Miles Brennan might redshirt. He said he, he's expected to play, but if he doesn't play in uh, more than four games, Brennan could take a redshirt. The the quarterback room at LSU is very, very thin. Barton, it sounds to me like they are really relying on Joe Burrow to not only be good, but stay healthy. Yes, Joe Burrow, a.k.a. fifth-year Danny Etling for, uh, for Shea Dixon last week. Um, so, I, I mean, I think that would be the best-case scenario for, for Miles Brennan because like, I think he played sort of Sort of as a like last year he played kind of as a like not Danny Etling. It was yeah, it was a hopeful play. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, let's, yeah. Like, like let's hope this guy can can step in and and give us a spark. And he didn't. And he it was, but he was he wasn't ready yet. Like he probably shouldn't have played. I think he's. I still think he's really talented. And he's. I don't know what he's weighing now, but he you know he showed up at LSU weighing about 175 pounds. And so he's he needs to. Um, he needs to. He need, I mean, I think that'd be great for his development because Joe Burrow's probably black next year, anyways. And so then you get in a, uh, you know, a fifth-year senior Joe Burrow, and a red-shirt sophomore Miles Brennan behind him, and then Miles Brennan has 
two more years after that where, I don't know, I feel like at that point I would trust Miles Brennan to, to have developed properly. I guess that's a that's a tall it's a tall order for an LSU yeah, yeah. that typically <laughs> developed that position, but I think it's I think it's it's a it's a scenario I could entertain. Um, and on the injury front, before we get to our expert picks, Tariq Black has fractured a bone in his foot. This he suffered a similar injury last season, caused him to miss ten games. This is incredibly disappointing for Tariq Black, the promising young receiver. Uh, how do we how do we look at Michigan's offense and Michigan in general? Is the is the confidence fading at all because of this one injury? Yeah, I mean, oh man, this is not a this isn't a good one. Uh, I'm down on this injury. A because I just like it was going to be good. To, it was just be fun to see Tariq Black this year because he was supposed to be their guy for last year, and um, like he's their best receiver. And this is just uh, this is just really disappointing. Uh, so, yeah, this one stings. I mean, Nico Collins has got to step up now. I mean, he's gotten some good reviews from camp as well. Uh, a second-year guy out of Alabama. Um, so it's time for him to show up. I mean, Donald Peels Jones has got to be the one guy now, and and guys like Oliver Martin have to step up. So I mean, Michigan's got receivers. But this is just really disappointing for that offense, and it's look in a in a in a division, in a conference, to where there's going to be a lot of a lot of games that are won by inches. I mean, that's a that's a couple inches that are off the roster, uh, and with, with Tariq Black. All right, before we get to one more, oh, one yeah. more. Oh, oh Kellen Mond, oh. starter at A and M. That was that surprised me a little bit. I thought, man, why? Who keeps telling us that Nick Starkle? Is gonna be, is is it you? Is it me? Are we just trying to speak Nick Starkle's excellence into existence? I, I don't know about. I don't know if I was ever speaking Nick Starkle's excellence into existence, but Rick, I. Rick Neuheisel tried to tell us that Nick Starkle was a player. Yeah, maybe that's where it all came from. I was definitely under the impression that when A and M first got there, they were like, uh, you know what, we got a pretty good quarterback in Nick Starkle. Like that was sort of the. That was sort of my – I don't know where I gathered that impression, but I was – somewhere along the way, I developed that belief. Now, maybe they just got into camp and Jimbo Fisher just realizes that – McKellen Mont does have a better, you know, a higher ceiling, and maybe they just think they can they, – they'd rather, you know, take their lumps with Mond and watch him develop and get better over the year, and then by the end of the season, like, they're really ready to, to springboard to the next – to the next season. So I don't know that I thought that was it. That was the one of all these that we've named. Like that was probably not, a, not that it was shocking because it was certainly a, a competition, but I, I think that's the most surprising of all of them. Well, before we get to our expert picks, uh, we want to of course remind you that you can get winning picks, fantasy advice, all at Sportsline. They combine simulations with expert analysis to give you an edge all football season. Sportsline members, they get picks, from experts, former handicappers, and computer simulations, and deep fantasy analysis covering who you should draft, add, start, and more. Plus, members has have exclusive access to daily fantasy lineups from DFS millionaire Mike McClure. 
So join Sportsline today and get your first month for only $1 using the promo code PASS, P-A-S-S. Just go to sportsline.com slash join and enter promo code PASS during payment to get Sportsline now for just $1. Terms apply. Visit sportsline.com slash offer for details. All right. You want to just go ahead and uh, go conference by conference to start? Yes. Yeah, that works. Let's All right. Do it. Let's start in the SEC. Who's your, who's your who's your SEC West champ? Uh, I've got Bama because I just I'm not. I think I think it's conceivable that Bama slips up because uh, especially because his defense just feels thinner than we're used to. But I'm not I'm not going to be the one to to pick somebody else. So I'm going to go Bama in the West. Alabama is not going to lose two Iron Bowls in a row. Could they lose to Mississippi State? Yes, but e- even in that scenario, oh ho ho! Are you thinking that Mississippi State—that's the second best team in the West? Mm, I've, I've still got Auburn as the second best team in the West. I think Auburn's really good. I think Mississippi State's the second best team in the West. Mm. Okay. Well, anyway, I've got Alabama as well. I think it is possible that they slip up, if not likely that they slip up. But I think that there's a better chance they take care of business on the road at Mississippi State if they've already lost to Ole Miss in like week three. Yeah, um, I saw Barrett fighting off the the barbarian horde. Um, just a phrase not meant to be taken personal, Alabama fans. Uh, <laughs> just a heads up. Uh, just, <laughs> don't just, come for me. Uh, yeah, that didn't. I don't. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, whatever. Um, but like, because he predicted Bama losing Week Three at Ole Miss and still winning the conference, like I, I don't hate that pick. Like I think that I, I think that's a, I could see that scenario. Jordan Tamu and AJ Brown could pick Alabama's secondary apart. That's not a crazy idea. Yeah, not to mention DK Metcalf, oh, yeah. and Demarcus Lodge, and Dawson Knox, and their loaded offensive line. I mean that's a that like look if if Bama's getting them week ten that's I, I'm not really blinking but week three Ole Miss is still going to be all those first teamers are going to still be healthy and the you know they'll be that'll be their Alamo there you know at home in Oxford I just that, that's a scary game uh, but I do have Alabama win in the West do you have the dogs out of the East. Yeah, once again, I you know I think if just because I don't have the the stones to to make a gutsier pick because I I like give me another couple weeks, I guess specifically give me like another week and a half, and I will tell you if I've warmed up to picking South Carolina to beat Georgia at home because I think that that's that is conceivable and at that, at that point like all bets are off. But what are you going to learn from either one of these teams in week one though? Um, South Carolina's got coastal. Georgia has Austin P. Not I'm, much, not much, but it's just like as you, I don't know, just more time to think about it, and just more time to just get get some courage, you know, like <laughs> just to take, just to like, really meditate on the possibilities. Yeah, take a couple shots or something, like you know, it's sometimes it just takes takes some time for me to warm up to things. All right, what do you have? Do you have Alabama over Georgia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got Alabama. Georgia over Alabama. Bold prediction. 
It goes Jake Fromm play. It goes down in overtime. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I could listen. I'm 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 not ruling that out. Like I think Georgia's good. What if it's a Justin Fields enters the game at halftime? Just it's, like yeah, it's fourteen nothing yeah. instead of thirteen nothing. Justin Fields comes in, leads them to a twenty three twenty one uh, overtime victory. There's no way that the college football world is that symmetrical. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. like it can't be, it can't work out that perfectly. Um, yeah, I've got I've got Georgia winning the SEC. It's an anti-Bama play, and it's not an anti-Bama play for anything else other than I've been making expert picks here at CBSSports.com. This is my ninth season doing it, and I'm sick of picking Bama. I'm, Listen, man, Bama fatigue. Bama fatigue. Uh, let's go to the Big Ten next. In the Big Ten East, who'd you take? Uh, Big Ten East, I picked Michigan. Feeling a little bit worse about it after the Tariq Black news. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like, yeah. I mean, it's it's basically, I think it's a it's a sort of a collective four team coin flip. Right. I just look. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and argue with anybody who picks any any of the other four. I just happen to think this is Michigan's year to get over the hump. I don't think it is Michigan State. I think that it, it is it the the general. This is uh, we've mentioned it before, and I, I may I incorrectly discussed uh, that Michigan State. It felt like hype has been as high as it's been. They, that is not totally true. They have entered the year actually in the top five of the of a preseason AP poll. I I don't I don't think that Michigan State is going to be the team that gets through there. I think it is either Ohio State, Michigan, or Penn State, and I am leaning Ohio State here, though I feel the most con- – I think I picked Ohio State. I'm picking Ohio State, but I feel the most confident that every one of those teams is going to take a loss. Um, agreed. Yes. I mean, yeah. Like, there's no one – no one is winning the Big Ten undefeated. Like, no one – the Big Ten champion – is not going to the college football playoffs with an undefeated record. Right. I just think that's too that is too tall of an ask. Especially with Wisconsin, who I'm guessing is your Big Ten West champion. They are, yes. Uh, with Wisconsin having to go on the road to play two Big Ten East teams uh, right. away from Madison. I mean, there's just there's no chance. I'm, I'm not ruling them out beating both of those if they're both in Madison. But you but I just you're gonna go to Michigan and to Penn State and win both of them is I don't I've got a I, I can't can't get there but I think I think Wisconsin is really good and I think Wisconsin is the safest college football playoff pick of anyone in the Big 10 because you just know they'll be in the Big 10 championship game so then all you're doing is picking them to win one game but it's not considered as safe or like I I, I've got Wisconsin winning the Big Ten. I've got Wisconsin in the college football playoff. I don't. I feel like I'm on my own here. I know because it's because no, no one's looking at it the right way. I, I look. If I were more of a Fornelli, like more of the Fornelli like uh, flock of like just look at the numbers, man. Let the numbers speak to you. Pick, pick. You know, find the. Find the math here. Like the, find the, the inefficiencies. Math. Yeah, find yeah. the inefficiencies in the market. That's right. Uh, then the, the pick is Wisconsin because Wisconsin just makes 
the most like that's if you pick anyone else in the East, then that team has to go through that East gauntlet to even get in the Big Ten championship game. So it just makes like I just think everyone is is so wired to pick one of those brand name teams and they're and they're having a hard time getting on board with Wisconsin. I didn't pick Wisconsin. But I think Wisconsin is the smartest pick because I just have to go with my gut on these things. And uh, you're taking I Michigan. I, I think my gut's going to be wrong, but I, <laughs> I went with it anyways. So Michigan to win the Big Ten. I've got Wisconsin to win the Big Ten. Two, uh, two not Ohio State plays. So here comes the Buckeyes. Here comes that, the Buckeyes. That barbarian horde into yeah. uh, into the mentions. Let's. Uh, all right, Big Twelve. I feel so confident that our top two teams are oh actually I don't feel totally I feel very yeah, confident I say, about I, I feel very confident about my number one team and I think there's about three other teams in the mix for who could meet the Oklahoma Sooners in the Big Twelve championship game. Uh yes, I think Oklahoma's once again, I'm just I'm not no one has earned my trust enough to, to top Oklahoma. No one uh, has been more consistent in the Big 12 since Colt McCoy got hurt in the championship game. But Oklahoma. Yeah. And there's a lot of haters that are saying, all right, Lincoln Riley, do it without Baker Mayfield. He will. That's, and that's fair. But I just happen to think, yeah, he. I, I just happen to believe he will do it without yeah. <laughs> Mayfield. Like, I'm allowed to believe that also. Um so yeah, I think I think Oklahoma, and I think they play. I think I picked Texas as my number two team. Um, such a brutal conference where you got to you got to beat somebody twice, basically. Um, and and yet I I have and I can envision a scenario where TCU um, is also in that championship game. But I again. Yeah, I think I trust Oklahoma. Yeah, uh, I've got Texas as my number two. TCU is my number two. I've got Oklahoma winning. We'll get to the college football playoff picks in just a second. Um, all right, let's go ACC. Clemson and Miami. Yep, Clemson Miami, and yeah, yeah. Any any like any inc- any part of you want to take this another direction? No, I just want to be like uh, I want to be like out there in the stratosphere as like a, a voice echoing saying, "Watch out for the Seminoles." Yeah, like I'm not gonna put it on paper, but I just want to win it. Like when when Florida State goes ham and you know is in the college ball playoffs, I just want to like I want someone to tweet at me like, "You were man, you you were right." Like, "Oh, you called this," even though I'm not calling it. Like, Even though <laughs> I'm not, I want someone it. to miss. I want someone to misremember this this statement and 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 at me on Twitter and say, "Man, you were right all along. You called it." So, Florida State key stretch at Miami. Then the and the at Miami is right before a week off. They come back, Wake at home, Clemson at home, then at NC State at Notre Dame. Yeah, they got some. They got some tough, tough road games. It's tough like games. if they beat Clemson, I am hammering the Wolfpack for that hangover no, game. There's no doubt. <laughs> like, yeah, no doubt. And even if they survive that one, then Notre Dame. The Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. At Notre Dame, uh, uh-uh. uh, man, such a tough schedule. But well, I tell you, but like the thing too about one one thing that I think is interesting about Miami 
and I'm picking them because I just think at, at every position but quarterback, I love them. But last year, they had they had all those big matchups. Now, granted, they beat Florida State on the road, but like that Virginia Tech game was was home. Notre Dame game was home. Um, I don't know. I guess I, I don't know. I'm looking at their schedule now. I guess it's, I just remember all, like a bunch of spots hitting right to where like they capitalize on all that that home energy and the turnover chain nonsense. And Ooh. I'm looking at their schedule this year, and they got to go LSU a neutral field at BC on a Friday night's tough. They got to go Tulane Stadium, and you know they do get Florida State at home. So I don't know. Maybe I, I, I maybe I just talk myself out of that angle to where like the the I mean, home. When you Miami is a tier better than the rest of the division, and whether sure, sure. or not they beat LSU and how they perform in those bigger games, the at Virginia Tech, the Florida State game, those will determine about whether or not this is a Miami team that enters the ACC championship game with a shot at the college football playoff. Because yeah. I could see that future, but I could also see a 10-2 and two Miami team entering the college football playoff, you know, number eight or nine in the country, looking like nothing more than just a final quality win for Clemson's resume. Miami LSU is going to be one of the more compelling week one games just because of that. Like, I think we, I think we think we know what both teams are, but we, we don't really know. Right. All right. Out in the pack 12, who are you taking out of the North? Uh, Washington. Yeah. Um, what about out of the South? Oh yeah. Of course I know you're taking out of the South. <laughs> uh, I got, I got the Trojans out of the South. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and do you have JT Daniels and the uh, USC Trojans defeating Washington in the Pac-12 championship game? USC, baby. Pac-12 champs. Wow. I know. That one's like the, that, the more I've, I've let that waft over me and like settle, the more I'm, I just, I'm at ease with it. I'm very at peace with that pick. Okay. So what does your college football playoff look like? Um, Alabama, Clemson, USC, and Michigan. What a great I mean, just ratings galore. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> what a what a what a blue blood lover. Um yeah, yeah. I and again, I I really I because I had to so I've I've I'm 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 on record on this podcast. We had our Facebook show, twenty four seven sports college football Facebook show. Presented by Dr. Pepper, Thursdays, 11.30. Today we had it Monday, um, and I had to make my picks there. And the Tariq Black news, not that a wide receiver is like the end-all, be-all for any team, but again, because of just sort of the the margin for error being so slim in that Big Ten, I really toyed with, with balking on my Michigan pick and going Wisconsin instead. Um, and I guess I still can. On this pod, I could hedge my pod, bets. Yeah. <laughs> but I just, I, I'm gonna just to be, just to, just to be consistent. I'm gonna go with Michigan, and I'm gonna, and I don't feel good about it. But I'm on Michigan, and I'm on USC. My college football playoff: uh, Clemson, Washington, Wisconsin, Georgia, and I am losing my general confidence in the Washington part of this aspect. I mean, 
look, man, we're going to – like you and I both find out pretty dang quick how we did on this stuff. Yeah. Because Washington – if Washington beats Auburn, hey, chalk it up, dude. You got you got one in. I mean, basically, I don't expect Washington to slip up until maybe the – I mean, look, of course they could. But I feel, if they beat Washington in SEC country – I'm sorry, if they beat Auburn in SEC country – you got to feel pretty good. And and frankly, if Georgia beats South Carolina on the road in week two, then you feel pretty good about them getting to the SEC championship game. Now, they got to get through it, but you feel pre- pretty good about them getting that opportunity. So I think by week two, you're going to be potentially feeling great about your picks. But man, like I was, I was looking at the lines, getting ready for doing the or preliminary research on our locks, and Auburn's favored by two and a half. Yeah, I, 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 I'm picking Auburn to win. I don't oh. know if I'm picking them to cover, but I'm picking them to win. Man, I hate that because then, then you know what that means? That means I'm on the trendy dog, the team that's higher in the AP poll, but the underdog. That's just going to catch all the dumb action. All right. I'm relying on a public ass play. For for my college yeah, football playoff but, hopes. But, but you are also on, like, I like, I would feel better about a, well, we, we can, I guess we just save all the, the pregame talk, but I feel better about a Chris Peterson. I feel I feel good about Chris Peterson versus Gus Malzahn. I'll say that. Ooh, I do like that point. Um, All right. Who's your Heisman Trophy winner? Justin Herbert. S- so we're thinking big cool. that's I mean like Justin Herbert's Heisman moment could be against Washington. Yeah, yeah I mean he'll have a, like uh, the 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 Herbert play is a little bit of a bet on like the the rest of the country not having an obvious one. Mm. Cuz if there's if there's anyone that's comparable east of the Mississippi it's going to them because there's a little bit of a Pac-12 anti-Pac-12 anti-West Coast bias they play the games too late whatever. And I, but I just think Herbert is going to be for a team that could go nine and three or ten and two at Oregon. A team that's going to be, uh, I mean, they look, they were really good with Justin Herbert last year. They averaged like five hundred twenty yards a game with Herbert. They averaged like three twenty without him of offense. I mean, that's he's going to be the first quarterback taken in the NFL draft is my my current position, and that's going to be a team that. You know, catches some people's attention this year, and you, and, and Mario Cristobal is going to pump him up, and so I, I like Herbert. Hot take here, Marcus Mariota. This is in that vein. Marcus Mariota won the Heisman Trophy, but a lot of it was also the fact that there wasn't really a competition. I remember Mariota's Heisman race being a runaway. There was not anybody else that was existing in the same plane as him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, that so. I mean, look, there's going to be some really good running back options, but people always want to default to a quarterback. And I just, the other quarterback, I think, like someone was, we, I was talking today on the Facebook show, and, and Trey, who's on the show with me, Trey Scott, he picked Dwayne Haskins, Dwayne Heisman. Okay, like that's a, I, I don't hate the pick. Shea Patterson, people are loving on him. Trace McSorley, too. But that, there's going to be so many grinded out games that I don't know that those guys are going to put up the numbers necessary. I like like Justin Herbert's going to put up stupid numbers. Like Baker Mayfield 
he like that team won and he put up big numbers. Lamar Jackson, they he got he won it when they went like eight and five. So I think I think that because the nature of the ball is going to be a little different out there, I think he's got a better shot than those those guys that are just just grinding out these these tough tough games. See, I'm I am going to one of the superstar running backs, and it's built into Wisconsin winning the Big Ten. Uh, and it's definitely built into my Wisconsin in the college football playoff. I'm going uh, Jonathan Taylor, Heisman pick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's – shoot, he's running behind like seven NFL offensive linemen. Your your like, reaction to my Jonathan Taylor Heisman pick is the way that uh, – is, is the way I've come to feel about picking Alabama. All right, sure. Cool. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 you picked the guy who's probably going to run for 2000 yards. All right, cool. Good luck. Yeah. But you know what's great, Chip, is this these is like our this is our last this is our last set of predictions. And I we know. can fi- we can finally start like I feel like I've been predicting things for a year and a half. <laughs> so we get to we get to actually like see start seeing if we're right or wrong this weekend. What are your have you gotten all have you uncorked your bold predictions throughout this? Yeah, kind of. I think my, my deductive reasoning will will give you my bold prediction, which is that I think two true freshman quarterbacks will be at least two true freshman quarterbacks will be starting in the college football playoffs. So I'm betting on JT Daniels and Trevor Lawrence. If somehow Georgia sneaks in and Justin Fields has taken over the job, that wouldn't shock me either. Um, but that's – and I don't know how bold that even is, but that, that's, my, that's my bold prediction. Uh, my, my bold predictions are very specific. Call your shot. Number one, that Georgia beats Alabama in the same building where they lost the national championship, but it's for the SEC championship – and then they're going to go get bounced in the first round of the college football playoff. Uh, number two, that in um, the Ohio State-Michigan game, Michigan wins, but Ohio State's already created enough of a padding to uh, to be able to go on and win the division anyway. So Michigan finally gets that win against Ohio State, but the Buckeyes uh, claim their place in the Big Ten championship game anyway. That's built in with the specificity of guessing that Michigan loses to Wisconsin, who, as I mentioned before, uh, I've got winning the Big Ten. And I think Washington beats Auburn but loses to Oregon, and this might play into what you've got uh, with the idea that Justin That'll Herbert... That'll win me my Heisman. Yeah, that Justin Herbert could have his moment. So, so yeah, I, I, got, I do have... I'm going to give you a bold prediction for each conference. I forgot that I wrote some of these down. Uh... Tadarian Moultrie leads the SEC in sacks. That's the sophomore at Auburn uh, taking over for Jeff Holland. He's the next elite pass rusher down there with all that. Like that defense line is so sick. Um, Bryce Love will rush for fewer than 1,600 yards. So is there, if there's a Bryce Love um, prop prop out there, I kind of like the under. And I'd be curious what the number is. But And this is – I just felt like that season last year that Bryce Love put together – was it felt impossible like it felt like the whole time he was doing it is like how is this even like possible that he's doing this as much as they were running him and like he was playing with like sprained ankles and just it was just it was just crazy and so i think that there's an element of just like all right that was just too good to be true a and b i do think there's also an element of 
Mike Bloomgren's gone. I think he was the guy in that room that really loved to run the rock more than anybody. And I think there'll be a temptation to let KJ Costello air it out a little bit this year. And so I just think a, co- a combination of things, I think that Bryce Love still has a great year, but it doesn't come close to the 2,200 yards. Yeah, we are not rooting for Bryce Love to not have a uh, a successful season, but that is no, a very good like point. I could see, I could see, like, look, they, they sort of took their swung at the, swing of the Heisman last year, and I could almost see this year being like, all right, David Shaw sort of protects him a little bit more, gives him some... I was know, Yeah, I was going to ask them. if you were, like, counting touches, essentially, because that would not right. surprise me at all. Put him on a pitch count. Yes. Yeah, so I just, I, I, I like that one there. Uh, I think I've, I can't remember if I said this on here. I, I think Nebraska will upset one of the four Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan State. They got all those on the schedule. I'm sure they'll be, you know, the, heading into the season, they'll be considered underdogs. I bet they beat at least one of those. Like it. Uh, Big 12, my prediction is Jalen Hurd will be an All American at wide receiver. Baylor loves him. <laughs> Baylor loves him, man. Those, yeah, those guys love him. And, and look, he is a freak. Hey, by by every definition of the word freak, Jalen Hurd is one. Except for T. Martins. Except for well, I don't called know. him is, is there, so is, soft and terrible can, coming out of high school. I guess you, I guess you can't be terrible as a freak, but you can certainly be a soft freak. Yeah, right? yeah, you can. Um, so I'm I'm just gonna say, like, that surely those Baylor guys like aren't just totally lying, right? Uh. And then my last one in the ACC is, I think Cam Akers will be in New York City for the Heisman. I'm not saying he'll win it, but I think he'll be there. He's good, man. I think I think Cam Akers outrushes Bryce Love. There you go. There's a good one. To, there's a good com- combination one. I might have to just start throwing that around, see if I can get anybody to take the other side of it. That's right. Yeah. Get a little, uh, get a little handshake going. Um, yeah. He is Barton Simmons. You can follow him on Twitter at Barton Simmons. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. We're all picked out, man. Like this, like we we have laid them in front of you over the course of the last month. If you have not gone back to listen to our over under win totals, you will have only days uh, to get that analysis in. It's pinned to the top of my Twitter page. It's only a couple shows back. Uh, just just consume it all. Subscribe, review, rate. Uh, we appreciate it. Five stars only because we try and bring you that five star content. Uh, Barton, like anything else we need to get out there? I mean, with, I'm, I'm already moving at a no up tempo, no huddle. Uh, I got to dive into pregame film prep. I got, I got to get back, back to the lab. Uh, a lot of film study to go for the big game this weekend. Um, so yeah, this will be, uh, it's time, man. It's here. So make sure that you subscribe, check, go on over to Sportsline and check it out. You can use that promo code pass Barton. Thank you very much. See you.